Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We're joined now by Sean Merriman. You can hear him on the Lights Out podcast. Breaking down a lot of the NFL action that happened yesterday as we get ready for the completion of NFL Week 7 tonight. But first question for you, Sean Merriman. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the best team in the NFC based on what you've seen right now? Not record. We know they don't have the best record in the NFC. But with their combination of defense and now adding Antonio Brown to Godwin and Evans with the legendary status of Tom Brady seeming to be pretty still in solid standing, are they the best? Well, I think they're the most dangerous, right? Because this is a team that if you look at them, they're built for long-term success. And even though they had a rocky uh, rocky start, you know, the, all the additions with Antonio Brown and guys getting back healthy, they look like they're going to be the most dangerous team. So um, the best, it's hard to say, but definitely the most dangerous. Okay, and the flip side of the Tom Brady's team looking great, being 5-2, and two, is the New England Patriots look done. Cam Newton was bad. They got dominated by Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. Are the Patriots in any way a playoff team this year? Can they fix what is wrong with this team? Yeah, somehow, some way, I think they'll end up <laughs> end up in the playoffs. They'll squeak their way in. I think they're starting off extremely slow because they're never, they're not used to what they're going through right now. They've had Tom Brady there for you know two decades, and now they're trying to figure out a, a new way of life. So, you know, yes, I think they always have opportunity because of their division. Obviously, Buffalo's playing great. Miami's came on strong. Uh, but you got a weaker division when you're seeing guys like the Jets. You always have a chance. So if they if they find a way to get high somewhere towards the middle of the season, towards the end, then, yeah, the Patriots, you can't count them out. How many times we count the Patriots out and they just find a way to, to squeak in? Oh, a ton, but at least then they had Brady. I just don't know what exactly is going on with Cam. Uh, In the biggest game of the weekend, I felt like we learned a lot about the Titans and the Steelers, and it was that both teams were for real. They basically played to an even tie if, uh, if you get a made field goal at the end of regulation like you should have from Steven Goskowski. The Steelers came out and dominated the first half. The Titans really dominated the second half. What, if anything, did you learn about these two teams? Well, they were both undefeated. But one thing I did learn is the Steelers is the better undefeated team, right? They did a a magnificent job early on stopping Derrick Henry in the first half, making him change his speed, slow down, change directions in the backfield, didn't let him get going downhill. And that was really the key for them. And they did it. They came out, they showed better emotion, they showed up that they were more hype and ready for the game. Uh, maybe they was hearing the talk of Derrick Henry all week. I remember when I was playing, if you heard a running back was coming in and he had a lot of hype, I mean, we, we, we basically put that up on our, on our lockers 
uh, we put it up in the locker room as the guy to, the guy to beat. You know, it was more like, let's, we need to beat this team, but we need to stop this guy. And they came out the first half showing that they need to stop this guy, and they did that. So, uh, you know, it was surprising to me to, to, to let them off the hook the second half, and it was a, it was a different ball game. How do you assess that going forward? Do you think the Steelers are the best team in the AFC? I do. I do because they're, they're the most balanced, right? We, we know the Titans do well. They run the ball. Uh, they, they block well. Um, and they play solid defense. They don't have stars, but they play solid defense. The Steelers, on the other hand, they got guys that can put the ball in the end zone and they get the play. Um, they got a running back, James Connors, catching the ball like the backfield. He's doing multiple things great. The Titans don't have that. They have a great running game. They have guys up front that are blocking for them. Don't get me wrong. Brown, I, I love him. I think he's uh, uh, provided some explosive plays for them, but he's, he's not as consistent as this Steeler offense is. What is the what's going to happen going forward with the Cowboys? Is Mike McCarthy going to last more than a year? I mean, this team it seems like the wheels have completely come off and I know the NFC East is so bad that anybody could still find a way to win it, but the Cowboys team looks completely done. Yeah, normally you would look to to move coaches and fire coaches halfway during the season with uh, McCarthy. But the fact of the matter is, is the division is so bad that you always have a chance and opportunity. So you don't fire coaches that way. Also, you you got a bunch of injuries. Offensive line, uh, you know, Zeke fumbled three times last game. You got a bunch of uncharacteristic things going on. So you don't fire coaches when those type of things are happening. But let me tell you this. If they don't win a division and they don't go to the playoffs, he will be fired. He will not make it through a whole year. It is kind of wild to think about because Cowboy fans kind of had this idea, Jason Garrett is the reason we can't take the next step. If they end up bringing Mike McCarthy in and the wheels continue to stay off of this team and they flounder like they're floundering now, what do you do? Do you go back to the drawing board and say, well, we don't really want to commit long-term to Dak? Do you go back into the rebuild mode? Or do you think the Cowboys believe... This is just a series of injuries. Maybe we need to clean out the entire coaching staff, but we're not that far away. How do they assess the talent on this roster? Yeah, first and foremost, in my personal opinion, I think they kept Jason Garrett two years too long. Uh, you got guys who are retiring with Smith, offensive lineman. You got guys who um, were valuable assets, and now they're older or injured, and they don't have the same team. I almost feel bad for Andy Dalton because – you know, he's coming into a situation where, you know, you look at the Dallas Cowboys and they're one of the best offensive line groups in there. You got uh, a good wide receiving core in Mari Cooper. You got a good tight end that's playing well. You got uh, Demarcus Lawrence, a $100 million defensive end that's going to play. So it looks like on paper, when he's first signed, is the team to go to. You can back up and look good. Now he's faced with a team that's riddled with injuries. Ezekiel Elliott is not playing the same way he's playing, and the coaches are not coaching a good game. So he's almost in a situation where he's, he's set up to fail. And I feel very bad for him because he spent so many years in a bad organization with Cincinnati. Now he has to deal with a bad situation with Dallas. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We've got a, we're talking to Sean Merriman. I encourage you to go listen to the Lights Out podcast that he has. I, I, one of the things that I think is, is interesting, Sean, as you kind of look, uh, look ahead is a lot of teams are bad, and maybe Trevor Lawrence is, you know, sort of the, the light on the horizon for them. How many teams do you think legitimately are going to end up in the mix? Maybe not tanking for Trevor, but at least thinking about trying to put together a package deal to get him, right? I mean, because I, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that, let's say, finish in the 4-12 and 12 range, and they may not be as bad as the Jets, but what are the Jets going to do? Do they want multiple picks for that number one overall? Are they going to take Trevor Lawrence? How much attention do you think starts to pivot as we come up on the halfway point and so many teams already have been eliminated looking toward that brass ring, that difference maker that Trevor Lawrence could potentially represent? You know, back when Eli Manning elected not to come to the San Diego Chargers at the time, I looked at him as a guy that, uh, uh, you know, not confident, someone who is weaker and, uh, you know, just not a trustworthy person. Now that I look at the business of the NFL, if I was Trevor Lawrence uh, in the draft and the Jets tried to draft me, I would opt out. I would do everything I can not to go. And for the simple fact of they're not trying to do anything in that organization to win. They're doing, they're making all the wrong moves. They're hiring the wrong people. Adam Gates needs to go. The GM needs to go. Multiple things need to happen in the organization. And as someone like Trevor Lawrence, who's coming in, don't waste your career on an organization that don't want to win and don't want to put you in the best situation to win. So you opt out not to go to them. So if he, if the Jets elect to draft him, I would hold out and not go. Now, uh, Barrow, Joe Barrow, is a, is a case we're seeing prime example, right? I mean, they're throwing 60-plus times a game. They're putting a rookie in a bad situation. A good organization don't do things like that. A good organization don't put your rookie, a guy that you look to be there five-plus years, in a bad situation to throw 60-plus times a game. That's a horrible thing to do. Uh, so if I was Trevor Lawrence, I would absolutely 100% elect not to be there to the Jets if they were to draft me. And then that creates, and that's an interesting perspective that you have now as an NFL veteran, that would then create a lot of trade drama, right? Because there are a lot of teams, if the Jets end up with the number one overall pick, if Trevor Lawrence is saying, hey, I'll sit out for a year, I can sign endorsement deals, I can make a lot of money, I can go back, maybe even play at Clemson another year. If he did that, there would be a lot of teams, much like what happened with Eli Manning and the Chargers, that would try to do whatever they could to get that pick to be able to acquire him as a talent. Yeah, and if you really look at it, um, Eli did it for a situation he didn't want to be in a, in a market that was smaller. It wasn't necessarily organization. It was a smaller market. The Jets are a bad organization. 
they don't treat players well. They don't put guys in, uh, in, in, in great positions to win. And for that reason, you don't want to go there and be a waste. And I know you don't want to be looked at as a, a problem child or a guy that's coming in to think he's uh, the best thing in sliced bread. Uh, but at the same time, when you're the number one draft pick, you want to be in a situation to win. You want to be able to look at the ownership and say, you know what, these guys are trying to put me in the best situation to win. Look at what's happening in Cincinnati, period. If you look at Joe Barrow, he elected to go there. He didn't make a big deal about it. People wondered if he was going to go there or not or complain or anything. He went there, but they're not doing the right things with Joe Barrow. They're treating him as if he's the guy that's going to be there for a year or two, a couple of years, and not their guy that's going to be there five or ten plus years. So if, if the Jets, if I'm Trevor Lawrence and the Jets elect to draft me, I would not go. Outstanding stuff as always, my man. It's Sean Merriman. You can hear him at the Lights Out podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.